This is the official Caps Shirt Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm back with another incredible Thursday episode for you. My my biggest fan base by far, um, the Washington Capitals fans, who I'm sure are reeling right now due to the lack of making the postseason. The Washington Capitals, the fat lady has, has officially sung, we're out, we're not making it, RIP the dream. Um, <clears throat> but... To console you a little bit, I have brought on Dan Holmey from Locked On Caps to talk about, you know, a little post-mortem, I guess. The season's not over, but it's it's over for all intents and purposes. Let's uh, let's talk about our favorite and worst times throughout this past season. And, um, you know, what do we have to look forward for? So let's pop some tabs because I'm sure you need it and we'll bring Dan on here. One, two, three. All right, adding to the stream now, Dan Holmey from Locked On Caps at DanCaps218 on Twitter. What's going on, man? How are you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just checking the scores here, and I see the Bears fall 3-1 to one to Providence. So um, they're doing pretty good, but, uh, you know, a tough loss for the Bears as things. You know, the one thing I'll say is the cap season is not going according to the script, but the Hershey Bears are killing it. And the Stingrays are making it to the Kelly Cup finals as well. So, um, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, you got to kind of look for a silver lining if you possibly can. And I'm saying Hershey's, you know, they're, they've won Calder Cups before. And I know that Carolina has played in the playoffs before. So I'm pretty excited to watch those games as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and, you know, I think that there's a lot of buzz around the Caps team. Like now, you know, we want to see all the young guys. This, this season's been over, right? You know, we want to see the young guys called up. But what they fail to realize is those guys, you know, they're they're all chasing a championship right now. And they actually right. have a much larger shot at it than, uh, than the Washington Capitals obviously do, um, which is zero shot at one this year. Um, so, you know, I mean... And and we talked about this because I just did a um uh, interview on your show, uh, what was it yesterday? So, mm-hmm. um, the the big thing here that we got to talk about is like, look, what does six, set, ten, fifteen, twelve games mean to these young guys at the end of the season? And while it would be great to see what they could do on an NHL squad, at the same time, you got to think, there's no dreams of a playoff. There's not much to play for. Um, yes, this would get them reps at the big club. Yes, they would get ingrained into the culture a little bit. Yes, they would, you know, be able to show their stuff. But, you know, think about all of the negatives here. They don't get to play and compete for a playoff spot. Uh, I mean, a, a championship run for their perspective, or their respective um, uh, minor league club. Nor, and and, and let's say they, they, they go off. They have 10 goals in 10 games or whatever. That's some pretty tough. Uh, that's a, a high order to, to live up to next season. Um, and on top of that, what if they do terrible and it totally, you know, fucks up their entire uh, ego going back into the off season? I mean, I don't see. And correct me if I'm wrong. Whatever you think, man. But like, I don't think that a GM or or coaching is looking at the last like three games of a young guy and saying like, Oh, this is it. This is their time to shine. This is, this is the end all be all right. They're just like, this is a ball tickler basically. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, and I spoke about this with Matt Wyrick, if they had been out of it, like say they were in last place or second to last place or whatever the case is, I don't know, maybe I'd say a month or so ago or maybe two months ago, say, you know, they're like the the Blue Jackets or the Blackhawks where you just can really tell that it's it's just not going to happen. Then I would have called up a McMichael, a LaPierre, uh, a Vincent Iorio, which they did anyway. Uh, something like that, just to see what they have in the tank. But, you know, I kind of thought for a moment, I'm like, well, wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, McMichael and these young guys, they came up here who are obviously killing it down in Hershey, came up here and just jolted this team enough but it's just not really the way it's going to work. What are you going to set a backstrom for uh, a McMichael to go in? It just on paper, you know, it, it just wasn't going to happen. It was a fleeting thought that I had that maybe that could jumpstart something, but in actuality, that wouldn't have really done anything. But yeah, to answer your original question, if they had been out of it earlier in the year, uh, then I think that would have been a good opportunity. Now, eh, I mean, just let them help Hershey or Carolina, whatever the case may be, let them help their teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, nightmare scenario is if they come up, get a concussion, get a get a big injury. And then you're like, that was a game that counted for literally nothing. And now you're right. on the shelf, right? Yeah, I mean, and uh, you've seen that happen before. And, uh, you know, it's interesting talking to a lot of different guys or, you know, watching them on Twitter from different locked on shows. There is what they call Team Tank now. There's teams out there that are actively... You know, that's their impression that they're trying to tank. See the Sharks, uh, see um, uh, the Blue Jackets, see the the Blackhawks. They are all in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And make no yeah. mistake about it, he is a generational player, uh, kind of similar to what an Alex Ovechkin is going to be. Whoever gets him, um, they're, they're going to have one hell of a hockey player. They're going to have to build a supporting cast around him. Uh, you know, you've seen how sometimes, you know, these big name players go to someplace like the Coyotes and like, well, you're going to need more than one all-star there, or let's say the Ottawa Senators. Um, so if he does go to the Blackhawks or whatever these teams that's t- tanking out there, buckle up because Connor Bedard is going to blow up, uh, I think, as soon as he gets his opportunity. And that, that's, you know, it's exciting for me. And, you know, just kind of looking at the different teams out there, it's exciting for me to think New Jersey out there. And I know you, we talked about New Jersey before, how at the beginning of the season, how many people saw the New Jersey Devils aiming at 100 points? Not too many people. And look at, you know, in the beginning of the season, they talked about Boston being this geriatric team, a lot of comparisons to the Capitals. Like, you know, they're just this old team out there. Guess what? They're killing it, too. So um, it is exciting for me, even if the Capitals are and they are removed from this situation, to see what these different teams can do. Um, obviously, I've you know, the Minnesota Wild is intriguing for me for different reasons, that kind of thing. But um, it'll, it will be interesting to see who rises to the surface. I know there's Carolina and also the New York Rangers. Um, the Metro Division in particular, I think, is going to be is- interesting as well as mm-hmm. things really tighten up towards the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's a bloodbath out there in the Metro, man. And I mean, the Eastern Conference Finals are going to be such a grueling test for anybody who makes those two teams that make it there for sure. And then you you look at the West and, you know, you're probably going to see some good hockey there. But you just look at how stacked the East is this year. And and I think uh, if I were a betting person, I would say – they're absolute the the cups coming back home to the east where it belongs if i'm going to be honest um the uh the whole bedard thing you know obviously he's got a lot to prove i always just get so sketched out about rookies coming in obviously this guy is 
eclipsing so many records. He's incredible. Uh, he's doing it all in the younger in, in before the NHL for sure. Um, I definitely foresee him being a guy that's like going to be like that 18, 19 year old all-star Calder, you know, guy who's in, who's in the conversation for sure. He's going to play in the NHL, I think next year. I mean, would you agree with that at least? Absolutely. I mean, especially, you know, if he does go to one of those deplorable teams, I mean, that is something to build a franchise around. Um, I mean, just take a look at the Blue Jackets when they got Johnny Hockey, and even he wasn't able to to breathe life into that team. So it is interesting, but there's a lot of interesting things for me around the league, and it is the Edmonton Oilers. And look at what Dreisaitl is doing out there. Look at what Connor McDavid, if they do not make a push into the playoffs or they don't win a Stanley Cup, I really don't think there's any justice in this world because that team for me is always just a click or two away from going to the playoffs or winning a Stanley cup. And for whatever reason, that fam, that fan flame or that flame fans out. Um, I think that always their Achilles heel is net minding. So that is one team that I'm really going to keep an eye on. Um, they like you to kind of have a bandwagon team uh, on our network. You know, once your team is done, pick a bandwagon team and talk about that for a while. So that's an interesting <laughs> thing for me. I don't know if I'm necessarily on the uh, Edmonton Oilers bandwagon right now, but I do find them intriguing since it is pretty much an all-star team on ice Yeah. Um, to, to see if they can make a push. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's those poor Canadian teams, which is an American makes me laugh very, very hard um, because they always destroy us international play um, <clears throat> much to my chagrin. And we're very vocal and, and very um, <clears throat> proud nationalists, if you will, <laughs> when it comes to our hockey. <clears throat> um, Paul used to say it was my, his most um, extreme form of nationalism was his support for USA hockey for sure on, yeah. on, on this pod. And same here, man. Um, I would say, you know, that you look at that and then you look at Toronto too, right? I mean, right. who seem to have the same sort of problem. They got Samsona, they've got Murray. Um, you yeah. know, they're, they're not really sure what the hell is going to go on and, and it's Toronto. So probably just a big nothing burger there, but um, eventually some of these teams, you know, they, they said that about the caps too, for about, you know, 40 years. So <laughs> who knows exactly what's going to go down. I will say that, you know, one thing cap stands that we do absolutely have something to look for is stress-free, straight, enjoyable playoff NHL playoff viewing, right. Which we haven't had in damn near a decade. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it's uh, that's that's the good thing about it is just to be able to kind of sit back and watch these games and um, and you know not have any you know really dogs in the fight if you will just to kind of sit back and watch these games unfold and uh, you know just the ability to to watch the Bears you know I used to have a subscription to AHL TV for a long time and watch those games so I'm excited about watching those games um, and then just seeing how this season unfolds um, as we know the. Washington Nationals, I mean, come on. I mean, we knew they were going to be bad. We didn't know they were going to be this bad. They got swept <laughs> by the Rays. Um, this is going to be a long season for for the Nationals. And that's one of the things I talked about in my podcast coming up here was that I don't think, you know, the D.C. fans could stomach another team that is in the midst of a rebuild and just struggling for years. They need to get their uh, poop in a group, as they say, and figure out – uh, how this team is going to be better. And I believe that Brian McClellan can do it. And if I also know that if Brian McClellan is not the guy to do it, Ted Leonsis will appoint someone 
that will do it because I mean, again, that's what I'm saying. You take a look at the commanders, you take a look at the wizards, you take a look at all the teams in the DC area. None of them are just really jumping out. Like we're headed for the big time. Absolutely. I mean, um, and you know, I think DC fans are pretty comfortable with that outlook uh, though. We have been spoiled, you know I mean? In 18 nationals won the, won the pennant and then we won uh, the, the caps won the cup. I mean, it was a, a wild time to be alive as a DC fan. That's for sure. So hopefully we can definitely, you know, hopefully we can return. I definitely think that we have um, the management, you know, but it is so hard to win a Stanley, a championship of any sorts in the professional sports. Right. Um, You know, especially in a draft or a cap ceiling, a hard cap league like the NHL, you know, everybody's got, pretty equal playing ground. So it makes it just as competitive. You can't just go buy a team like you can in the MLB or even in the NBA and pay that luxury tax. Right. So, um, it's, it's, um, as far as marketing, it's probably not great, but as far as competition, it definitely evens the playing field quite a bit. Um, you know, so do you have like a favorite moment in your, in, in this last season that you, that you can kind of reflect on, keep it high. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I would say that it's Alex Ovechkin passing Gordie Howe for me. That was huge. Um, And that's one of the things that I talked about was trying to uh, find silver linings in the season. And that was one of the silver linings for me is just Ovechkin and being able to witness this in our lifetime, you know, as you tell your kids, your grandkids, you're not looking at some grainy Gretzky footage. You can say that we (laughs) saw Ovechkin do it in real time. You know what I'm saying? And right. uh, and when they were playing the Jets, of course, it was unfortunate that the whole John Carlson almost dying on the ice right. kind of eclipsed the evening there. But in any event, it was it was a great moment for me. And I feel lucky to be alive during this time to watch Ovi do it. His projection is the 24-25 season if everything uh, stands up to where it is there. So that for me is the big thing. Um just going forward here um and pretty much the biggest thing that i can i I can think of you know i was brimming with uh, with optimism when darcy kemper here and charlie lingren came to this team and i ultimately don't think anything poor of them i just think that uh, you know it's a team that's folded in front of them and you know for whatever reason that may be but the net minding i think um they're in a good position and you know the thing i like about the capitals is for years uh, for years to come the capitals will have really great net minding uh zach fucali and hunter shepherd are UFAs at the end of the season. We know they just signed Mitchell Gibson. There's also Garen Bjorklin and Clay Stevenson in the pipeline. Um, but the one thing that I know about this team is they always have really stout netminders out there. If you take a look at Neuberth and Holtby and, and Grubauer and just um, you know, even widen the lens even more. Look at Mike Green and John Carlson. I mean, this team knows how to grow them. They know how to promote them. It mm-hmm. just seems like they have not done it for a while. Um, Protus, you know, in and out. Faravari seems to be the first guy in quite some time that has found his spot on this team on a night-in, night-out basis. Uh, before that, it was uh, Tom Wilson or Braden Holpe. It just seems like the reluctance to get younger is kind of what has stymied their growth. Uh, but that's exciting, and I am looking forward to next year because it's my assessment that next year is the year for Connor McMichael. It is the year for Hendricks Lapierre. If you're calling him up, if you're putting them all in there, 
you're all in or get them out of here. I- I'm sick of talking about coulda, woulda, shoulda. <laughs> Next year is the year for Connor McMichael. You know, don't give him two games. Don't give him three games. Go ahead and give him a good chunk of the season. See what he has in the tank. And if he doesn't live up to your expectation, don't drop him down to Hershey. Let's get him out of here and get someone in here that can actually help this team win games. Wow. I love it. I love it. And I agree. Um, hundred percent. I also agree that the, the highlight was obviously, uh, was Ovi passing that, that milestone, but yes, I mean, you know, there's again, Capstone's the, 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 you know, it always seems like there's always somebody in a fan base. There's a small contingent, small, loud contingent of every fan base. That's like, well, we'll just take this tried and true proven decade veteran of, of, X league and just say, you know, we don't need him anymore. The young guys, give the young guys a chance, give the young guys a chance. And usually they're like a hundred percent wrong, but you know, at this point I agree, you know, uh, it's, it's not up or shut up for, for Connor McMichael, especially, right. You know, there was a, we, we, he fell down the draft. I mean, you got to look at this guy's career. It's, it's been a little tumultuous, right? He fell down the draft, his draft stock. We picked him up as somebody that was, you know, kind of a, a sly pick, right? And a risk, a very much a risk. He had a good freshman season, right? He had a good rookie season um, or a decent one, you know, an acceptable NHL player. I thought that he was a pretty, you know, legit NHL or at least, you know, whether it be third line, fourth line, second line, whatever it may be. Um, and then he had a sophomore slump, which happens, right? Now you're going into your junior year, you know, you can't just be, full of promise. You have to be, you know, following up on those. And, uh, this is his time to shine, especially. And I agree with you as well. You know, the capitals have to be very flexible on their cap right now. They have to say, look, it's either working or it's not right now, you know, fuck three years from now where Ovier is about to end right now. We've been win now for the past 10 years. We've got to continue to keep the hammer down because there really is no coming back from that aside from a full, full uh, blow up rebuild. And with that is probably why we haven't seen a lot of, you know, because of that, we haven't seen a lot of traction in our minor leagues because we've been picking last, right? We've been picking mm-hmm. second to last, third to last. We've been picking first round exit, second round exit. Those are, those are tough to, to, you know, build a strong draft class out of. So you got to be really sly. Um, I like the picks that the Washington Capitals have, have done, but you've got to think only 20% of first rounders, make uh make a hundred game stint dent into the NHL. So but I will say, you know, speaking of of luck and 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 chances, the biggest tournament in college basketball is underway and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins, plus combine multiple bets for a shot and even bigger payout. DraftKings will feature parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 in any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, Dan, you know, we talked about a highlight of the season, obviously, which was, you know, we've had some highs. We've had some silver linings. You know, you got to look at other guys, too. Dylan Strome, career high in points. Nick Dowd, career high in points. I mean, there's guys here who have had put together good seasons. Sonny Milano, resurgence of his career. 
right? I mean, it very much looks like Sonny Milano is going to be a full-time NHLer next season after basically being drafted by Columbus, shipped off to Anaheim, cut by Anaheim, you know, just not extended, going to a PTO in Calgary, getting cut there, and then kind of being in limbo until the Washington Capitals picked him up for league men. So there are some 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 nice things that happened, right? This uh this season, but what would you say was the worst moment of of the Washington Capitals season? Um I would say that it's Anthony Manta choking on the puck uh when Kuzi was on the ice and that's when it was curtains. Uh I read a piece that was either in Nova Caps or the uh the hockey news where they were talking about that Kuzi said that that was his worst moment, one of his worst moments on the ice and you know, he was on the line out there with him. And uh, that was, you know, we knew it was tough. And John Walton spoke about on his show caps this morning. I remember the morning of that game. He said, this game has huge implications. And one way or the other, if the caps win this game, there's a pretty good chance that they could go into the playoffs. If they lose this one, they're equally as great implications. And so when he choked that and Melkin drove it home, that's when I'm like, well, F everything and, you know, <laughs> screw this team and everything. Um, that was the low point, the low water mark for me. Also, um, you know, just being able to what happened. I, I still kind of bang my head against the wall, wondering what happened between the month of December into January. We got two huge players back. We got Backstrom, we got Wilson back, and this team got worse somehow. Right. This team played better with their backup, Charlie Linger and Chucky Sideburns in there. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of questions that, you know, and I, I'm doing this show five nights a week, I'll be able to just drill and think about them and, and drive myself nuts, really thinking about what went wrong, but it's not going to be all that we will do player profiles and that kind of thing. But there are rays of hope. Like you're talking about the future. Who is one of the guys that is going to be one of the key cogs in the wheel is Ivan Miroshnishenko, who is killing it over in Russia, continues to do really great things over there. I think that he has, I want to say, one or two years left on his deal over in Russia. Big thing over there. Ethan Frank, another guy um, that is uh, playing down in Hershey. Um, so there is a lot of, of positivity. There's a lot of players that are in the pipeline that I think that will help this team. The problem for me is they are years out. Ivan is right. years out. And, you know, then there's also Ryan Chesley that they drafted as a, as a blue liner, uh, but, you know, kind of mixed reviews on him. So I guess what I'm trying to say is there's good and bad. I'm going to try to concentrate on the positive, And my eye is already moving on, of course, past the season. It has been for quite some time. It is free agency. It's the draft. And it's about getting a competitive team on the ice uh, for the beginning of next season, because I do not, as a Caps fan, want to go through this, you know, yet again. And, you know, I hate to sound like this fragile flower that, you know, can't handle a losing season. But I think that any team, any guy that follows a team out there wants their team to win. And I want the Capitals to win because I know they can do it. No doubt. No doubt, man. And it, how great would it be to capstone an Ovechkin, a Backstrom career with another cup? Uh, you know, obviously... The records are great, and they're going to come, right? Uh, and, and or at least we hope. You know, I don't want to jinx it. Uh, I think we, I think maybe Caps fans have been a little too vocal about how sure it's been. Um, obviously, barring anything crazy, it looks like he's on his way, Ov, to to smashing Gretzky's record. But yeah, I mean, a championship is always the goal. That's his goal. That's the promise that that Ted Leonsis made to Ovechkin. That as long as you're here, we will do our best to field a competitive team. I think that they've largely held up to that promise as well. This is really a very odd season. 
This is the first time that we've seen them not add, be sellers at the deadline in the decade and probably mostly the OV era. And then, you know, after that, it was, it was to be expected, right? There's no support for management. You're not, the, the, the team is, is the season's a, a wash. Um, I will say though, the last time that the uh, Hershey Bears did win a, a Calder Cup, you know, we got, like you said, products like John Carlson, Braden Holpe, um, even Newverth out of that out of that process, right? So um, I'm I'm super excited to see, you know, it's it's odd territory for us as covering the Caps for sure. Um, I would say that the low point of the season for me was when we got rid of Orlov and Hathaway to the Bruins. I think that was the official white flag was up. Nobody wanted to come to grips with it. Um, and, and I didn't want to come to grips with it, but, but it was very clear. I think now looking back that that was the, the end, um, from management side. Um, and so again, that's, uh, we're just, you know, beating ourselves up here a little bit, but good and exciting things to come into the future. Uh, so when we talk about, you know, you know, in, I think you had some questions like, are the Caps going to be able to do it uh, and, and rebuild? You know, let's just say that, that next season, you know, we are a pretty competitive team. You know, do you think that we will ever return to the glory of winning the Metro considering all of the young teams that are out here now? Or are we going to be a la the Pittsburgh Penguins who have never earned anything honestly in their entire franchise have always limped into the playoffs around that middle pack and then somehow lucked out via, you know, favor of being favored through the NHL and having Sidney Crosby to be handed cups. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it. I think, I think this team, this caps team is years away from being competitive. Um, uh, you know, just, and, you know, I've listened to NHL radio and they kind of saw this coming for years and years. And, you know, they spoke about it last year as well is that um, Brian McClellan didn't know if he wanted to make any big moves because he was unsure last year. And let's be honest, they backed into the playoffs last year. They had inconsistent net minding. Wilson got injured in game one, all those kind of things. So it's just kind of continued. And it's tough to listen to this. I guess it's kind of negative. So if you're looking for a feel good song, you might want to listen to some Sugar Ray or something after this. But um, is <laughs> is <laughs> is um, that they're years out. But I think that you know that's kind of when I had you on the show yesterday. We were talking about it. I think they need to make big changes. And a lot of times, you know, just to kind of talk, you know, since this is a different show, is that oftentimes we hear people say, "I want to make big changes," and I say all right, what are some of those big changes? And they're like, well, if gun to my head, I would get rid of Anthony Mantha and Alexi Protus. Wow. I mean, if you get rid of those two guys and get someone, you're going to just change this team. It's going to take someone huge to get one of these marquee names out there. And, you know, Caps fans, longtime Caps fans, you're going to want to cover your ears or take your headphones off. I'm talking about bundling someone like a Backstrom and a McMichael to get a marquee forward on this team. We know that Backstrom has like two years left on his on this deal. He's in a decline. He's definitely on the back nine of his career. Not his fault. You know, I, I, I love Nick Backstrom. I have one of his jerseys. Same goes for TJ Oshie. We're seeing a decline in his play. I know he gets goals. He's a playmaker. See him in person. I am in awe of watching him, but he's getting injured more and more often all the time. Another guy, bundle him into a gather and see what you can get. I'm not just saying give these guys away for nothing. But if you could yield a really big return and you could jumpstart this team in a hurry, 
then what is there to be against it? You know, because I posted that the, the that episode this morning, and there people are like, I can't believe you didn't put Nick Backstrom and T.G. Oshie in there. And then you know, it, it just starts to unravel from there. <laughs> then we're back to this same lineup that we have this year. It, it's just you're going to need to take that snow globe and just shake it up as much as you can to try to give this Caps team a new look. I, you know, covering this team, you covering this team, we don't want to be talking about the losing Caps every year. Right. It's a whole lot more fun to be talking about the winning Caps and, you know, what are they going to do in game two of the playoffs or they're planning on the second round, who's going to be in net? I'd live for those moments. Um, so that is uh, what I'm looking forward to going forward. I think it's it, it can happen. It's just that I don't know if Mac and Leonsis and the fan base really has uh, the stomach for something like that. Yeah, and, and that's interesting that you bring that up also because you look at – people are fucking morons, right? They, they they think about like, oh, well, we can just trade – we'll just get uh, Connor McDavid for Anthony Manta just straight up. Right. That would be a really easy trade to execute. No, asshole. Like the other team, the Edmonton Oilers in this case, would need to want to get better too. They, they have to identify something that your player has that they don't, right? Um, and, and so in trades, it, that's what's tough. Now – one thing that we do have is a stack full of drafts, right? Draft picks. And what I would see, what I foresee happening is because we're not going to move a huge major piece, but a secondary piece like a TJ Oshie, maybe a Kuznetsov, something like that to get that marquee player. And when I'm talking marquee, I'm talking like a number one center, a number Mm -hmm. or a, or number one center in the league, maybe not a number one center on that team, but I mean, I'm swinging for the fences here. I'm talking about a guy who's going to eat about $10 million a cap up in his next contract. So we have to look at, and and, and that and so if you, you narrow that down, first of all, the UFA wire, there's nothing. There's really nothing that's going to do that for us. But then if you look at, you know, teams who drafted high, they see a lot of potential in this centerman or this forward. It could be a winger as well, but it's just not working for some unknown reason, which we've seen that Verona, you know, uh, Burakovsky, yeah, whatever you, you have as many examples as you want on the Washington Capitals where it just wasn't working. Right. We need to identify a team like that. And then I think that if we can get a comparable, give them a comparable player like a Kuznetsov, who's a veteran, right? So we're now, now we're taking half the league and chopping that in half because so there's really a quarter of a team that have, that are young and on the up that aren't a playoff team right now, but want to get there. Uh, you know, so you're looking at like the Chicago's, the San Jose's, the, um, the Columbus blue jackets of the league, right? Those type of teams that are on there, they're trying to get to that playoff pole position, but can't get there. And so you're going to have to bundle, you know, a shitload of picks and a player, right? Cause they've got, they've already, they're giving up a fledgling draft pick in which they probably just picked within the past few years. They're going to need to see a return in that draft pick and in that NHL player, right? So, you know, I'm I'm fine with, for this marquee player, five fucking draft picks. I don't care. Take the next three years of first round draft picks plus everything that we got in offseason free agency, or I mean in, in free agency this year. Let it go. Draft picks are funny money. Um, it is still win now, though, in, in D.C. Uh, so that's my take. It's going to be hard. I do not envy Brian McClellan. I didn't, I felt bad for the guy this last off season. I feel even worse for him this, this off season because he's got to fill a blue line or, or, or bolster it and bring in one, two, three marquee players to, to get this team back and, and reload it. 
Yeah, definitely. It's going to be some tough sledding for uh, Brian McClellan. It's going to be tough for the Caps to to swallow whatever it is. You know, I, I want something big to happen. I'm I'm eagerly awaiting the draft, and I'm eagerly awaiting uh, free agency in July, and hoping uh, that he does something that's just going to be like, wow, I never saw that coming. That is what I'm looking for for Mac and uh, the Capitals. Me too, man. And that's exactly it. Like, I want something that's going to hit me. You know, we've been watching hockey for a long time. We understand the business a little bit, at least as a from a fan's perspective. And we know I, f- I feel like we both know, you know, the the vibes. But like, I want something that is going to come completely out of left field, kind of like the TJ Oshie trade that brought him to D.C. That is that is a trade that I was completely like, yeah, that's a fucking fantasy. I would love to see TJ Oshie in a Caps uniform, but that's never going to happen. Right. I mean, there were rumors buzzing about and then all of a sudden one day it just got done. And that's yeah. what we need. Um, but unfortunately, I think in this case, it's going to need to be even more impactful than the GOAT, EJ, TJ Oshbabe, right? Like, I mean, even though he's so great, it's going to have to be that level or higher. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and that's, so that's what I'm saying is you got to give up someone big to get someone big. And uh, it's just stomaching, whatever that means. Uh, it might be one of the players that you've loved for a long time. But, you know, you take a look at the Sabres, for example. I mean, I know that they're not a real great example, but that is a team that has made a decision to get younger. Uh, they have a lot of draft picks. And I think that they're not too far away from competing. So that's one of the growing pains that you, that you can take a look at. Take a look at the New York Rangers as well. They went through that like year, year and a half where they struggled. And now look at them. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be this long uh, and laborious rebuild. And, you know, if, you know, I think that Alex Ovechkin would, could stomach, you know, some new teammates, even if they're some of his favorite teammates, um, if it meant that he was playing on a, on a competitive team and that, you know, he's chasing a cup and, uh, doing that kind of thing, because winning games, that's what Obi likes. That's what the fans like. And, uh, we're hoping for that next season. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. So last question before we go, what was the worst Twitter take that you saw this season? <laughs> Uh, man, I, there's, there's quite a few of them out there, but, uh, you know, some of them are just not on, you know, for me, just, you know, I'll, I'll, I see a lot of different tweets from a lot of different people and, uh, they'll say things, you know, like, again, it's usually trade stuff, you know, why don't they trade Anthony Mantha for like, you know, like you were saying, Connor McDavid or something crazy <laughs> like that out there. Um, and, you know, and that's just like saying uh, here, why don't you give me a hundred dollars? I'm going to hand you a dollar. Well, <laughs> it's money. You know, um, so it's just not understanding things like that. I'm not trying to sound like anything like I'm this hockey expert. There's way bigger experts in the field out there. But, you know, just certain things like that, that I just think that, you know, misunderstanding certain things like that. But uh, uh, I guess nothing else really jumps out at me. I just sometimes will pose questions out there about, you know, what I think that what do you what do you think the Capitals need to do improve over next year? And usually they're pretty legit. Sometimes they're a little bit far fetched, though. Sure. I'd say mine mostly revolve around um, John Carlson hate, which is something that I will never wrap my fucking head around. He is he's a top defenseman in the league. uh, And yeah, he's a little older or whatever. But, you know, you got to realize this guy took, you know, he came from Hershey as a shutdown guy. Right. John Carlson was a shutdown defenseman when he came to this league. Um, And he's only grown the offensive part of his, his game. But a lot of them that are just like, you know, send him to Hershey or trade him away. Like any, any real John Carlson hate is, is a little bit overblown because it's always so extreme (laughs) and, and it's like, get rid of John Carlson, our number one. Okay. Get rid of our number one defenseman. And it's like, you know, you start thinking like, who would you replace? Like, even if it was a straight up trade, like 
we lose every every iteration of this of this scenario and this fucking weird world that you're living in. Um, and I think that it's always interesting to see that like people are like you know those same people are like get rid of John Carlson. John Carlson goes out for forty games. The Capitals take a huge shit on the season, and then John Carlson comes back, and you know it's too late, too little, too late. But you know his first game back, he's got like three points, and you're like. Yeah, we should really have traded John Carlson, right? Moron. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, man. Hey, uh, this is a lot of fun as always. Thanks for coming on in such short notice and then dropping a quick one with me. Um, let everybody know where they can find you. So, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find Locked On Capitals at Locked On Caps. I also do a Nationals podcast for Talk Nats. It's one of the bigger uh, DC baseball blogs. So check that out online, wherever you have, find your podcasts. The Talk Nats podcast. It's uh, usually kind of uh, similar to my Washington Capitals podcast that I did before I signed with Locked On. It's what I call a minute cast. So about 15 minutes updating you on the game. And uh, I'm going to be doing that this summer and uh, can kind of uh, sink my teeth into it a little bit more as the capital season uh, concludes here. Yeah, you're definitely going to have some more time, right? that's for sure (laughs) all right dan hey uh caps fans give dan a follow he's uh he's on the grind every day doing content around the washington capitals just fucking nuts man it's crazy that you do that and uh honestly give him a follow it's it's a it's a good listen and a good twitter follow and on social media and everything else so um again dan thanks a lot until next time uh, you know, maybe we'll do some off-season content or whatever. But uh, until next time, thank you for having me on. By the way, I forgot to mention that as oh, well. Oh yes, so it's always fun. It's always fun to <laughs> chat with you on here. Of course, of course. I know it's a little bit more laid back and, and less newsy, right? That's we fine. can kind of <laughs> we can go off, uh, get off a little bit. But um, all right, um, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Hockey Troll Dan Holmey signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.